Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 56, Mind Over All Matter. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Ryan as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. You have a really nice radio voice. Has anyone ever told you that? A few people. A, not that many, but a few. Yeah. You got that, those deep, we call them pipes. <laughs> nice deep pipes. You got the, the low bass going on. Yeah, no. uh, I dig it. I dig it. Thank you. Thank you. I've been practicing, you know, uh, since puberty. Well, it's not really, <laughs> that's right. Eh? It's not really practice, but yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's why I decided to go into podcast. There you go. Some sense. Absolutely. But today is not about my clean pipes per se. It's all about you, Ryan. So before we jump too far into the topic today, who is Ryan? Oh my gosh. Uh, good question. Ryan, I, I mean, I'll just give you my street, straight like elevator pitch. It's podcast host. So I host the Life in Red podcast. I uh, am a, uh, I created a cause and char- charity initiative in Ottawa called Cause for Pause. I'm a promotions coordinator uh, in radio for two radio stations here in Ottawa. And uh, I'm a mental health speaker and advocate. And today we're going to be talking about the mental health speaker and advocate aspect, correct? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure all the other ones come into play as well. They all they all funnel in. I'm also a music geek, sports fanatic. Uh, I like tattoos. Yeah. I, I mean, on the surface, that seems very simplistic, but uh, I like to think of, my, of myself as a complex individual. You're a unique <laughs> individual, and that's great. I only have unique people on this show. Well, everybody's unique. I don't know if that sounds weird, but yeah. Uh, before we go too far... I want to start doing where I promote people's whatever they want to promote at the beginning of the show as well. So do you have any social media links or websites yeah, or anything? I, I started this too. When I, when I was interviewing people, I'd always do it at the end. I'm like, wait, what if people don't listen to the end? And you're like, man, then it's like totally useless that I just made them wait for an hour to get that. So uh, you can follow my Life in Red podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Life in Red podcast, Twitter at Life in Red pod, uh, www.lifeinredpodcast.com. Uh, follow me at Big Red Ryan zero one uh, because someone stole it before I could get there with the Big Red Ryan. So uh, yeah, follow me there and uh, you can hear all the episodes and uh, how Alex and I connected. Yeah, so there you go. I'll put that in the description so you guys can click it, follow it, and then keep listening to this podcast. You'll have a nice image, videos of Ryan and his guests. So you'll be like, oh, that's what Ryan looks like. And wow, that's the amazing voice I'm listening to. Yeah, I make the same face in every photo too. So just wait. (laughs) (laughs) And so today, back to the topic on hand, we're talking about mental health advocate and speaker. So Mm. what, what does that entitle exactly? What is it? Well, I mean, I guess it's two parts. Like the advocate part is something I've been doing I guess now for about five years, mostly on social media, but just kind of the big thing I do is I talk about my story and my journey and, you know, the struggles that I have, the things that work for me, the things that don't work for me. So I make sure that, you know, with social media, especially social media, that people only put the best things forward of themselves, uh, you know, their their accomplishments, their travels or all that stuff. And you know, I've been very fortunate enough to have a lot of cool experiences with my job in radio and and so on and so forth. But I also like to make sure that I'm completely honest with my struggles. I also talk about, you know, helping people understand it, understanding points of view that maybe they think is lazy or, or um, unmotivated or someone who's not, I guess, quote unquote, dialed in. But I also, you know, like to make sure like, I like to consider myself high functioning, uh, you know, full-time job, friends, relationships. So I'm like, that that portrait of somebody who you would think is super happy. So when I put it on social media or I, I tell people about it and about my struggle, it puts them, wow, I never would have thought about that, right? And you hear that a lot. Never would have thought so-and-so was depressed or or had anxiety. So, I mean, I can only speak for myself and that's depression and anxiety. Uh, of course, there's a lot of mental illnesses that uh, people have, schizophrenia, OCD, ADHD, that type of stuff. But I mostly just speak to my story and I I, I, I keep it there because that's the only thing I, I know. Um, the speaker thing has come in more recently. Um, I've started doing a program. Uh, are you familiar with DIFD at the Royal? Let's pretend I'm not and okay. my listeners aren't do as well. Do it for Darren. So if anyone's familiar with Do It For Darren, it's a um, youth mental health initiative uh, started at the Royal Hospital here in Ottawa. Luke Richardson, longtime NHL player, uh, and he was a coach of the Ottawa Senators at the time. Now, I believe he's with Montreal Canadiens. His daughter committed suicide. I, I wish I remembered the year, but um, him and his wife, Stephanie, started this program through the Royal, which focuses on youth mental health. And that's something uh, through that that charity initiative I, I started um, 
found myself into because I guess it's really hard to find men to speak about their story. So uh, I started doing that and I just actually a couple weeks ago spoke at a workplace mental health um, thing at Shopify uh, for an organization called Made of Millions. So I mean, that that's really starting, but it's something I'm really passionate about. And if my one story that I kind of think is insignificant really helps people, I mean, that's what that's what I'm here for. So. Well, I'm sure people who listen to your podcast can relate to a lot of stuff you say. And it's not just to yourself. You also have guests who come on who talk about these struggles as well. So you make it very relatable. And every piece, people not may not relate directly to one person for one cause, but they may pull pieces from your show and from your stories and from everything you're sharing and say, you know what? I can relate to that. I can be part of that. There's somebody who's going through the same thing. And correct me if I'm wrong, but do you feel like social media these days is having a shift in the sense where when it first came out, it's showing your best life. Like you're saying, yeah. everything is great about you, but now you're still, some people are showing your best, their best life. But at the same time, they're also showing the realities behind the best life, quote unquote. So it shows what humans are actually able to do and not do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there is a shift, but I think it's only, um, a, a, you know, a section of the people who use it. If you're on Twitter or, or Instagram, there is like a kind of like a community, I guess, of people who are kind of mental health advocates, I guess you could say, who tweet about, you know, they share links, they share their stories, you know, they, they talk really openly about how they're feeling. And now you're starting to see some people at the top who are, who are starting to speak a little more openly about themselves. I think, you know, Kanye West was one of the first ones and we all, you know, had our opinions of Kanye West. But then when he came forth with his, you know, that I have a mental illness, that was a kind of a big shift, I think, at least like that a celebrity, someone people look up to. Um, that people respect and appreciate and will listen to just because they they hold influence on people started speaking about it because uh, there's a documentary on uh, Netflix, The American Meme. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, they basically, long story short, they're talking about influence. There's influencers. There's the, the fat Jew. There's a girl who used to be a Viner and there's Paris Hilton. They were talking about how they struggle with mental health, but they couldn't talk about it on social media because they would lose followers and that, you know, advertisers might not want it. And people that the, the way they're making their money, you know, is through this platform. So they couldn't talk about their mental health struggles. So I think that's where we, we need more of a push and more from global celebrities, not just, you know, Canadian or people of modest celebrity fame, I guess you could say, uh, like you need people like the Kardashians, you need people, you know, like late night talk shows, the people with huge followings really starting to openly, if they if they are experiencing an illness, of course, or struggles. But that's where you need to, where, where we need to see the shift because right now, you know, it's the good vibes only. It's the, I only want to follow, I don't want to be brought down. I want to follow people to be positive and, and motivated. And, and that's all fair. But I think you can find some motivation in understanding that another person who has reached a pinnacle that people aspire to be you can you know struggle and that it's okay for you to struggle, whether it's just a mental health episode or or a true chronic mental illness, that it's important that we we all talk about it because there's a difference between a mental illness and a mental health, and everyone has mental health. And you have good days, bad days, moods, all that stuff. So we all experience mental health together. So that's why it's important that if large people are saying it's okay to be not okay at a time, that the rest of us or, and the people who need that kind of validation can know that it's okay for them not just to be okay too. And I would also imagine it's very important to have this community aspect to just let people know that no one is alone and that everybody should be supporting each other, not bring, bringing each other down. I would defeat the purpose of growing. And I mean, that's social media in a nutshell, right? Like it's it's about bringing people down. It's uh, people find weight in the power they hold over people through social media because you can be anonymous, you can be insignificant, and you're just trying to get reactions out of people. You don't have to sh share who you are, where you live, anything, right? You can say whatever you want to people and there's pretty much, for the most part, no repercussions because a lot of the time it can't be traced back to you and there's billions of messages being sent an hour. So, you know, it's it's important, like you said, to have that community of people who support you and who show up for you and are there for you. And it's also important that while they may be on social media, that you also break away from social media to find that community because there are a ton of people 
who I've met through social media, especially through this mental health thing that I'm doing and sharing my experiences, that now I've translated to meeting outside because it's great that you have a social media relationship, but it's part of your mental health as a human being in biology to have human and social interaction. That's like that's that's the way we were. So just communicating online and through words and texts and and screens, it's it's terrible. It's terrible for you. And don't get me wrong, I, at times I love social media and the internet, but it's also maybe our our biggest blessing, but it's also our worst curse as humans. So to to step outside and actually interact with somebody is the most important thing because. You know, like we're here sitting face to face. You can see my body language. You can see my my facial facial expressions like through a screen. Like I can't read your tone. I can't read where you're coming from. I can't get any of that. And things get misconstrued and they're not understood properly or someone doesn't articulate it well. And then it, you've seen it. People go viral for things they've tweeted, but it was taken out of context or something. And it's anyway, I could go on and on about that too, but that's not my hobby. So, <laughs> so yes, yes, I did. I didn't want to interrupt because you were saying so yeah, many yeah, good yeah. points, but yeah, how, back to your hobby per se, how did you get introduced to the idea of sharing mental health issues? Yeah. So Bell Let's Talk Day, which again, to, to provide some context is a, I guess a chin, charity kind of day that a company in Canada called Bell uh, puts on and they encourage people to use the hashtag on social media, text, call, et cetera, et cetera. And they eventually using everything, all the hashtags and things people use that day, send money uh, to mental health in initiatives. So uh, I, it was 2015 and I, I'm not really sure what kind of came over me, but I decided that I was going to open up about uh, my suicide attempt on social media uh, as a part of Bell Let's Talk Day. Um, so I just, I made a couple tweets about it and, uh, it kind of, it, it didn't go like necessarily viral, but like, I guess locally it did, uh, in a way. And then I started having people, you know, friends, people that I kind of knew in high school, but didn't really know people I didn't associate with reaching out to me, but I also had, you know, strangers, people I've never met, didn't follow each other, didn't interact, reaching out, you know sometimes thanking me for sharing my story. Some people shared their story with me privately. So I just kind of had a little light bulb moment that by sharing my struggle and and like I said earlier, that I was always the person trying to make people laugh, the positive person always laughing and smiling. And when it, when it came out that I, I tried to take my own life, that people were, were shocked. So I, I understood that by sharing my struggle, I had, you know, was helping people. So I just kind of continued to do so uh, over the years. Like I said, good or bad, today I'm having a shit day. Oh, today I'm like, you know, uh, feeling suicidal or or anything, you know, like that. So it just kind of, it just happened like that. And I would just continue sharing over social media and and people started responding to it. And, and it seemed to be helping people and people thanking me for doing it and in their own lives. So, I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's how I kind of got started in it. You know, it's a very honorable passion. It's a very honorable thing you're doing. You're not keeping it for yourself. You're sharing with other people who might be going through the same situation and hopefully they can get the help they need. And you were saying that you were focusing a lot on your own issues. Uh, this is at the beginning. Has it changed? Have you started integrating other people's uh, or not other people's issues, but like other problems that may occur to people in your speech? Not necessarily other than kind of for like awareness. Um, the big thing with mental health is there's kind or and a mental illness especially there's not one all be all you know cure way of doing things uh, certain things work for different people so i can't i especially can't speak about what happened you know how to treat schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or any of those things what i can't speak about is what has happened to me what has led me along the path to where i am today and the things that help me right now whether that is medication whether that's exercise whether that's learning, helping people, speaking, community, all those things, yoga, meditation, all these different things can help me. They might not help you, but they help me. And if you're trying to find a way to feel better, I recommend giving these things a try because they've helped me and hopefully they work for you too. So that's the, that's the kind of the aim um, I take because the way I see it is if I'm speaking to 500 people or a thousand people or, or whatever the number may be, the odds are pretty, pretty good that someone feels the exact same way or at least relates to me in a way. And they can say, okay, 
Ryan feels this way and, you know, maybe he's he's pushing on despite, you know, not feeling great that day. He's he's trying to do something, you know. You don't have to do that, but maybe I can do one of those things. Maybe, you know what, I can make it to the gym three three times a week. That that seems doable for me and I know it's going to make me feel better. So by providing that and, and the certain contexts of my life, you know, early on, like breakups, um, a bad job, you know, thinking you have it all and then and falling and, and seeming like you lost everything. Those are the types of things that are kind of universal that a lot of people experience at some point or another and maybe have you feeling a certain kind of way or, or not responding to it the, the way you think or you might not want. So by providing that context with myself, it, it's the hope that, you know, somebody can can find some sort of inspiration in that i guess or or help or motivation and so while you do these speeches obviously you're giving out your knowledge your wisdom to these people do you ever have people who come up to you after your speech and sharing their wisdom and knowledge to you and then after that you integrate it into your own studies and speeches that you share with the next people not so much in after so when i'm speaking to people not so much i i speak to a lot of a youth um, especially teens, uh, that's somewhere I, I believe that I can really lend some impact in because I'm not, you know, some old white doctor telling you, you got to do this and you got to do this. I'm like, Hey guys, look, like I was you, I was a popular kid in school. I played hockey at a high level. Like I had all these things that a lot of you probably feel like you do too. And then like, this is what I was also feeling. So there's that relatability. I definitely find the things that I'm bringing in uh, to my own life from things like, you know, podcasts or blogs or research or or just people who, you know, TED Talks. TED Talks is another big one. Uh, people who incorporate things uh, and they have pretty big followings. They It's the kind of the same thing I'm hoping to give to people is the same thing I'm looking for from people who are also chasing the same thing, right? Like that. that's where I kind of find what helps me and then doing my own little research on the internet or you hear something that, that on a podcast it's like oh i kind of like that I'm, I'm, i think i might give that a try and see if it works for me it might not it might well who knows so uh that's kind of where i find it from okay yeah no no yeah you gotta try different measures to see what works for you and what does not work for you and now do you have well i wouldn't say a preferred method of presentation but yeah actually you know yeah yeah what is your style let's say is it more extroverted like out there in your face or is it more reserved yeah. or do you use props uh, what is your delivery method typically it's a i mean a powerpoint is is the easiest way and i flip through but i, I personally like to put humor in it which is kind of weird thinking it from a you're giving a presentation that touches on some pretty serious matter but you need people to respond right if i'm just like oh woe is me or and stuff like this like especially with a younger crowd, you're you're not going to get that the attention um, with the message. So like I like to kick off my presentation with a series of photos. So so I have one with Connor McDavid. I have one with Rise Against. I have one uh, with Penny Alexiak, who won gold medals at the, the Rio Games a, a few years ago, Summer Olympics. So basically a, a couple celebrities. And, and I have this thing where I make the same face in every single celebrity photo with my finger pointing at them. So I, I say, look, you you see all these amazing photos that, you know, people would be like, wow, I'm so jealous of Ryan, right? He looks so happy. Look at him with this person. So I'm like, take a moment, look at this. And what do you see? And then I make the joke. I'm like, besides that, I make the same face. So that's that's the one that people start laugh. I also tug on the emotion. So when I'm talking about some of my high school struggles, I, you know, my first girlfriend, we're talking, we're we're, we're how our kids' names, what our house is going to look like, when we're going to get married, you know, that all that stupid stuff you do when you're young. And then I was like, and then she broke up with me. And then everyone's like, oh, like, you know, you get that human emotion with it. So it's, you know, important that you incorporate, not everything has to be doom and gloom just because you have a mental illness. And that might be the the lens you see things on, but to to still be able to Take it seriously, but not take it too seriously, but also know when to deliver the important parts that need seriousness, you know, the the suicide attempt or the the, the advice or, or things like that, where people really need to pay attention and take away that message. It's, it's all about learning how to interact with people. Um, it's the same thing. You wouldn't go on. 9-11 just happened. You're like, oh, those, you know, 9-11 people. Yeah, you got to... <laughs> 
know when it's okay and when it's not okay. So typically it's a PowerPoint and I just have a piece of paper that I, I read on. I'd love to memorize it, but haven't been there yet. It's my story, so it's easy to say, but when you want to deliver on the, the important parts that you wanted to deliver on. So it's typically that. Um, not not really any props or anything yet, but uh, we'll, we'll see where it takes me and, and how many opportunities I have to share my story. Now, I didn't write this question down. I say that a lot in pretty much every episode. I have random questions that pop up in my head. It means you're listening, and that's the important <laughs> part. Uh, you say you uh, interview, or not interview, you uh, do your speech in front of a lot of the youth, teenagers. Mm -hmm. So I would feel like you and I are roughly the same age. Do you feel that the teenagers today have different struggles than what we had when we were younger? Because I feel like when you come in, are you bringing in the mentality of when we were younger or you're trying to get into the mind of what mm -hmm. a teenager might go through? Because I could be wrong, but I feel if I was a teenager today, with all this social media, it would be a heavier impact. That's for sure. It there's I think universally through all generations, we all experience the same things, whether that's loneliness, isolation, um, neglect, abuse. It all just comes in different forms based on the the generation. So one thing I loved and I heard on uh, an interview with CBC one one day when I was driving in the car, it was a person talking about being bullied and they had to leave school and and got homeschooled because the thing was eventually the bullying was so bad. Every day he'd come home after school and they'd chase him. But as soon as he got in the house, the bullying stopped. So he at least had that escape. Now, today, there's really no escaping if you have a bully. They can find you and you can take all the measures you want. But if you want to be on social media or be on the internet, this person can find you. They can make a million accounts and come after you that you, you know, they can find ways around your, your block settings, your privacy settings. It's that, that's a big one, right? Social media is a beast that no one truly knows how, how to tackle yet because it's evolving so quickly. Our laws aren't there. The governance isn't there because it's just, it moves so quickly and evolves so fast. No one has a playbook for it yet. And it's the first time anyone's ever had to deal with this, this connectivity. You know, things like uh, hacking or, or sending, you know, photos, especially as teenagers, like risque photos to people the getting sent around like now you know once that wasn't okay but people did it now it's viewed it can be viewed as child pornography because the person's under 18 and if you share that you could be charged with that so that's what i mean where we're trying to catch up but you know cell phones were 10 years ago now we're here on instagram snapchat and and all that stuff and who knows i don't even know half the apps the kids use these days so that's <laughs> funny because i'm basically still a kid at, at least it seems in my head so like I said, I think just to bring it all back, we all experience the same forms of mental health uh, and the, especially the negative sides of it. But they just have to – kids today, I think, have to deal with it at a very much accelerated rate and it's it's constant and nonstop. And if you want to be the cool kid, you need to be on social media. But if you're being bullied, how do you navigate that? And it, I think it's – Parents don't know what to do. Officials don't know what to do. And as soon as you have a plan, it's it's almost obsolete within a month. So, and then the new app comes out, right? And it's it's just hard to keep up. So I think that's the real challenge that we all have to do, uh, and we all have to realize for the young kids and to take them seriously when they come to you with things. So you're speaking a lot from our responsibility as the consumer. Do you think uh, corporations have to take responsibility as well? Because I noticed with the, the Instagram recently remove where people can see other people's likes. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's the good step in the right direction as somebody who's promoting this kind of mental health situation with social media per se? It's a good question. I think the first part of the question is absolutely corporations need to do more. But at the same time, I'm a I'm a believer in kind of free speech and not censoring people because, you know, you anyway, that's besides the point. So I need to find the line where what corporations need to do, what the law and government needs to do, and what we need to do as individuals for personal responsibility. And it's tricky. And I, I don't think I have an answer yet for that part of it. But corporations absolutely do more. And what I think they can do more of, so Instagram did take that step. And they also, if you hashtag suicide or mental health or something, they'll come up with a little pop-up being like, hey, we noticed you put something problematic. Do you, Are you okay? Do you need to talk to somebody? I think that's a great first step. What else can be done? I think removing fake accounts and bots. Um, that's a that's a huge one. It's not that bots are attacking people, but 
on one hand, it is on the corporations, but I think it's up to us as individuals. Um, I think at the most part, how we manage this and how we we tackle it because corporations can do whatever they want and we'll probably find ways around it, speaking as a whole of humans and society. So it's really up to us and it's up to parents to to navigate, you know, helping their their children and, and having that open transparency policy. And then it's up to us as, you know, young adults and, and adults too, not being so uh, can I swear on this or it's all it's all you. You right, can do whatever yeah, you want. To not be so fucking shitty on social media and taking people down and looking for comment and calling each other names and, and all that stuff and doxing and all the nasty parts of social media that we need to step up and be like, why is this why do we do this? What's going on? I think that's the that's the biggest challenge because like I said, corporations will do what they do, but they're they're in it to make money. And you know with them channeling algorithms to better suits our tastes and funneling information in certain ways. And, you know, their, their primarily responsi- primary responsibility is to make money. And we cannot do that. And the law has a real tricky time doing that because while they're institutionalized in maybe the States or England or Paris or, or France or wherever they're, they're, they're located, they have a governing law, you know, like they're a global law, sorry, excuse me, that they are all encompassing all parts of the world. So how do you make one single law that fits in with every single country in the world that has different laws? You can't, excuse me, really. So that it's too much of a challenge to rely on on those. It, it really comes down to on us. And, and, you know, if your kids are making shitty comments, pay attention to that. If you're a person making shitty comments, stop that, you know, go to the gym or, or go for a run or you know, start a podcast and, and <laughs> you know, if people want to listen to it, then fine. There you go. The Get off social media and get off the internet with these this negative crap because it, it does nothing and it doesn't make you feel better. It doesn't make anybody feel better. So so long story short, you're pretty much saying to find an outlet, not as another person. Like don't release all your stress on another person. Release it on a punching bag. Release it on running shoes to go running, go swimming or finding anything else to release the tension instead of just releasing it on other people. Yeah. And I think to circle it back if you feel the need to go after people on the internet you're probably have probably have a mental illness or experiencing a a poor mental health episode of some sorts whatever that is go seek help um understand the things that might help you so maybe it's maybe it's exercise maybe it's i need to go for a walk maybe it's i need to do some meditation maybe it's just i need to go read a book whatever it is if you feel the need to make a negative comment to somebody else on social media that, and I'm not talking about, you know, disagreements or or challenging an opinion, but like calling them names or whatever that is, or ran, randomly commenting on a celebrity's Instagram, calling them fat, you're, you are probably experiencing some sort of episode and how can you help yourself? And I guess that's what the main message is. No, I completely agree. I why would I not agree to this? You're, you're saying all good points. It seems like common sense, but the more and more you're on the internet, you seem to think that it's not so common. And I mean, one distinction I like to make is the majority of people do not do this sort of behavior. Um, so when you see it a lot on social media or the internet, all these negative comments, I wouldn't even say most people do this, but this minority of people seem to be the loudest right now. How do we navigate that together as as a community, as a as a society that we take the ownership on ourselves that we, we don't do this? This is not a golden rule, but a good rule of thumb for the internet is would you say it in real person? No, then probably shouldn't say it on the internet. Would you say it on the internet and say it in real person? Then yeah, well, of course you try to control yourself if it's like a negative comment because you wouldn't say negative things to in front of somebody else in person per se. But yeah, just as a rule of thumb, if you won't, if you can't say it in a real person, don't say it on the internet. Yeah, that's that's a good one. But unfortunately, there's people who yeah. would walk by Taylor Swift and be like, "You're fat," and you're like, "What?" Even better, if you wouldn't say that to a seven foot bodybuilder then don't say it. I think that will be a good one. (laughs) You know what? Just keep in mind, everybody's a bodybuilder, a seven foot bodybuilder. There we go. (laughs) Now for you, where do you tend to go to learn more about mental health? Do you get it from books? Do you get it from the internet or other people, counselors, anywhere? Yeah, I think think it's life. And that sounds like a really cheesy comment, but it's, it's all things. All things can contribute to it. So I think 
the first off is learning from the experts. Um, you know, like I said, podcasts and TED Talks and and books. Um, even <laughs> funny enough, even some people on social media, um, you know, that that are tweeting out good, wholesome content and articles. That's where you make the first step, and then okay, is this feasible for me to try? Is this is this uh, something that makes sense to me? Is there there scientific evidence? Because that's a that's a a whole other thing with the mental health side of advocacy is people spouting out things that might work for them or they believe in as as true fact, which might not be the case. Not everyone's view on what works best for mental health uh, is going to be the same as yours, and that's kind of where you know there's conflict and 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 a lot of hypocrisy in my opinion but i think who are the people studying the subject who are the people you know who know about it so that's scientific researchers academics um counselors therapists psychologists people who know this stuff what are they saying what are the, what are they recommending where where are they taking the subject and then also understanding that this science could be wrong it could change in five years if they discover something new. It's, so it's it's really all encompassing. It, it's really a lot of trial and error and just following where the, the the science is going. But I think for the most people, it's probably a disservice to follow everything happening in this space. It's really just focus on yourself and try to listen to what they say and how can I take what they said and apply it to my own life. Whether that's through action, through way of living, way of being, way of speaking, way of listening, how you manage relationships, it's it, it's it's all it's all part of your overall mental health, and that's that's where it's got to be. It, it, don't worry about what other people are doing. Listen to what they're saying, and then see if you can apply it to your own life. Yeah, it's not one shoe fits all. Yeah, or they probably <laughs> would have fixed it all, right? Everyone's so different, and what works for me isn't going to necessarily work for you. There's general bio, like biological and evolutionary things that help us exercise, good diet, yoga and meditation, which in, in a more sense for people who think that's what quote unquote woo woo is, is just being mindful, being present, not focusing too much on the past, not focusing too much on the future, being in the moment and being your best self. That's what those practices are teaching, right? So there's those basic things, uh, uh, talking to people, communication and interaction socially, being around friends and family. Those things are all in our nature and those will help. But aside from that, it's also what's going to work for me and continuously work for me. Because if you're going to be like, well, working out seven days a week, twice a day is going to be really good for me. You're probably not going to do that. That's not going to be a lasting feasible option for you. I mean, it might be, but like for the majority of us, you'll burn out pretty quickly. So you need to find what's going to work for you on a on a continuous basis as well. And also find some balance, you know, take a break, take a breather as much as you love podcasting, Alex, take a break every now and then, Ryan too, and just everybody. It's all about balance. What you eat, how much you rest, how much you play, how much you work. It's all about balance. That's a thing I'm learning still continuously to this day as I even talk to people about my story. It's finding balance because I want to, at one part of me wants to be that hustle, right? show the hustle 24 seven, go, go, go something every night of the week, multiple times, da, 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 just keep going. And that, that might not be the best for me. And it's come hard to understand that. And, and who I think I am and who I actually am are conflicting. And you're right. Balance. But again, balance doesn't work for everybody. Some people, there's a guy, David Goggins, or, and um, there's another guy, can't forget his name. Um, but they're on Instagram being like, no, you hustle, like you go, like nothing stops you. You can break your mind and, and get over it and do it, you know, run a marathon a day, wake up every morning at four o'clock to work out. So people do believe in this and I'm not here to say it's right or wrong, but they believe in it and it works for them. So if that's you and you think that works for you, then do it and go for it. But if you think you need balance or if you're trying to do that and you're like, I'm still stressed and I'm still not in a good place it's probably not working for you so you need to reevaluate you need to constantly constantly do that you know what i do know somebody who's kind of like that my grandfather who uh until recently he worked in our office it was his business or is his business and he worked there until 84 years old he would come to work every day 
And that's what he knew. Work, 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 work. Like that song. I can't remember by who, what artist. Yeah, that's Rihanna. <laughs> Is it? Okay, okay yes. Uh, but yeah, the idea for him, he was a go-getter. Like go, 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 go. And for him, that's what worked for him. So you're absolutely right. Balance doesn't necessarily mean what I said. It can mean whatever you want it to mean. Whatever makes you happy. Just the pursuit of happiness. Will Smith movie reference. That's Got a it. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that generation, your grandfather, right? Like that... That is what they did because they didn't talk about the mental health and they could, you know, go to work, go home, some family time or whatever they did and and then go to work another the next day. Right now, I think I think in general balance is a little more important now because we are so inundated with all these different things. Right. If you're at work, you got emails coming in after hours. You have all these different things. You have social media where you're probably thinking about work, you know, the it's just a different mindset where we're at, where I think the approach to balance definitely is a, is a little more, I think, important to the general population as it is now, because we have a lot more going on than, you know, keep going generation to generation than they did, right? They had one sole focus, family, provide for the family. Now we're like three phones on the <laughs> podcast being like, yeah, okay, let me, oh, I got a tweet now here too. Like, so it's just... There's a lot going on for you and you need to recognize when you're not good or have somebody in your life recognize when you're not good. And that's super important. And we're talking about generations. Another aspect to keep in mind is also mental health, not only where we're from, but around the world. Now, on that note, would that be something you'd like to do? Be a international mental health speaker? I mean, that would be amazing. But I think, you know, culturally, everyone has such a different view on what mental health is and if it's a real thing right like i don't know if going to me going to you know zimbabwe and speaking about mental health you know would that be of service i don't know if it was called upon me and people think it could help i would love to give it a try but everyone has you know different things i think the western world uh canada north america especially like especially is experiencing the the biggest mental health or mental illness shift where we do need the help. So I think you can't, again, there's no one shoe fits all solution. So you can't think that what's going to work for Canada is going to work in a, in a country, in, in another country or developing world or, or whatever, right? There's just different things to help. So I guess to answer your question simply is yes, that would be very interesting. Um, just if my story resonated with people, but being realistic as well that, you know, I, I'm not sure what mental, I don't even know if they experience like your mental illness is there, right? Like they just have a totally different way of living. Well, actually on that note, so my wife is South Korean and I learned a lot about South Korean culture and the work ethics in South Korea is extreme, like work really, really hard. Japan and as well. Exactly. Yeah. Japan as well. And the suicide rate, I believe in Korea is the highest in the world. So mental health is a thing that's very present in South Korea. But however, I could be wrong, but it's usually not something it's, it's not discussed. So people don't talk about it. It's sorry for my South Korean listeners, but uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You can leave a comment saying, Alex, you're a complete fool. No, it is talked about it. But it I, sometimes what I hear from my wife is that it's sometimes shunned. Like it's not, it's not seen in a good light to talk yeah. about that stuff. So you always have to show your best foot yeah. forward. So on that note, would you ever be interested in going to other countries to learn about cultural mental health issues? Yeah, absolutely. That I think that that <laughs> that's a better question. Yeah, no, that would definitely be some. That would be more along the lines. You know, have people on my podcast to talk. Right, like that would be more interesting to me. Because I think, I guess, and what I didn't touch on first, but now as you were speaking, it, it reminded me, what I'm trying to do is break down stigma. And that's the thing that holds a lot of us back. And like you just said, in South Korea, there is stigma surrounding it. Don't, I don't talk about it. Japan, there is a, literally a forest where it's called, the nickname Suicide Forest, where people go into these forests and hang themselves. The first bare step in what we just started doing in Canada with Bellet's Talk Day and the States is just sort of getting into as well, is talking about it openly. There is no reason to be ashamed or hide thoughts and feelings like this, especially to a professional. You don't have to share it on social media. You don't have to share it with a friend or family. If you don't choose to, you should with at least family, but 
internalizing it just it just creates a downward spiral so i would i would love to go to other countries and how do you and you know ask them how, well, how do you view it what do you think what you know what does culture say what does business say what does the government say about it you know is there funding do you have i don't even know if they have psychologists or therapy or counselors or any of that stuff right so yeah that that would be interesting to me and then that would be so not only eye-opening for me but also good for my mental to start understanding how other people live right like it's just that's fascinating to me and, and that would be something really cool I don't know why, but I feel like if you ever start a second podcast, you could have it like about talking about mental health around the world. That'd be, I would definitely listen to every episode for sure. The beauty <laughs> is my podcast is so open with that stuff. Like I could, I don't have to change it, man. I could have all those people on. So South Korean people want to talk about mental health. Come on, get in contact with me because I'm more than happy to chat. Well, I do have a, a little bit, a few South Korean followers and J Japanese followers. So if you're interested in learning more about mental health in the Canadian aspect and also want to throw in your two cents on how mental health is perceived or perceived in uh, your home country or not just Koreans and Japan, any country, whoever you're from, I'm sure Ryan is very open to learn, right? 100%. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we'll we'll get back to that. But today, once again, it's all about Ryan. Do you have a big objective, like maybe show up on a TED Talk? Um, no. So the goal of what I'm trying to do is not for myself. It's to help people. If I could save one life, that's my goal. That's all I want. I just want to help people. Um, my main goal is to, I guess what I'm trying to accomplish is that, but also my focus is on youth mental health, because I believe if you can give them the tools, the resources, the funding, when they're in that, I mean, everyone knows high school, right? It's a, a weird time. Your hormones are changing. You don't really, you know, your life's about to change going off to university and college. All your friends are going to leave. You're going to leave your family most most of the time. That's a, that's a challenging part for anybody, let alone someone with a mental illness. So how can we help those people and give them the tools to last the rest of their lives? To me, that's, that's I guess, the main goal is get the funding and, and the awareness to people so they can go about the rest of their lives and understand mental health and mental illness. That That's the big one. Because, you know, I truly believe, you know, if we could do that, we could maybe tackle um, like the opioid crisis, the, you know, it's not a Canada problem, but school shootings, um, homelessness, because so many of the, the time those people experiencing that have some form of mental illness or that is a mental illness. So if we could just start to help the kids and and it's it's kind of like that trickle down effect right like you help them and as they go about their lives theoretically it's supposed to be better or at least they have the tools to deal with that properly instead of waiting till they're 50 and not understanding and then you know i don't know if you know this but the highest suicide rate is men white men 45 to 55 right because they don't talk about it they don't they get to this point with no tools and then they get there and like that's their option or alcoholism or, or something like that. So I think that's what I really want to do. I want to help people and break down the stigma and and provide funding and tools for, for kids for the rest of their lives. And you're doing that with your podcast. You're doing that here by sharing it with me and hopefully all the listeners listening. If you don't understand English, uh, I'll translate everything. I'm you translate <laughs> things. Holy moly. I, I do not. Uh, it's very ambitious of me. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll do use a lot of body language to communicate. So, you know, because my wife's parents are Korean. They speak Korean. I don't speak any Korean and they don't speak a lot of English. So it's a lot of body language. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll do that. If we ever meet, I'll use my body to a speak to A little bit of you. charades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some cue cards, some images. <laughs> <laughs> and for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first became a... Uh, mental health advocate or and speaker explaining to my parents that i tried to take my life that was the biggest challenge because i didn't tell them and i stupidly put it on the internet before i told them in person young mistake but um that was probably the hardest part secondly is i guess because it's such a fluent situation for me is i'm you know i could go and do an episode of the podcast about it or i could go talk to people about it and what I'm saying, you know, it gets better. Uh, for me, it's not necessarily always better at that time, right? Like I'm, I could be in a very low spot for myself. So that's the biggest challenge. Um, but you got to understand that 
I'm again not you understand it, but I'm not doing it for me. It's for the greater good. So I can even tell them in that in that talk that I'm not having a good week this week, and or I'm not good today. But I'm going to tell you about this story, and for the most part, it does get better. But it gets better. It doesn't get to the end. It's just it's a. It's, I always say mental. Your mental health is like another full time job in a way. Got to keep doing it. So those were the two biggest things. And is it still relatively the same challenge today, or has it evolved? No, I, I because especially lately, the, I was talking about that balance thing and not not finding it. There's been some some challenging points, right? So when you're when you go to give a talk and and you talk about some intimate details of your life, when you're not in a, a good frame of mind, right? It, it's hard to get up there, and and it's hard to to talk about it a little more than usual just because the way I felt then is sometimes the way I feel right now. So how am I going to, how am I going to navigate this? So it's definitely, uh, that, that's something, you know, I just, I gave the the workplace talk and I, I had a spot where I told uh, to the managers and HR people, it's like, be open and, and encourage open conversation, but also be ready for what they might tell you because they could be telling you this job makes them want to take their own life. And when I said that, I kind of choked up a little bit and felt like going to cry because I'm, I was still feeling that way uh, at times. So that's, well, it, it's like I'm talking about the past. I'm still talking about the present when I'm speaking because, well, a lot of things are better and I've understood and understand and continuously learn about how to manage this, that a lot of the feelings don't don't go away so um that uh, that can be a, that can be a hard part as long as you're conscious of what's going on as in like okay you know what this is either a phase not a phase but like a moment it's gonna pass by and i just have to com- get composed it's the and mindfulness part exactly yeah exactly and you seem calm collected right now but i i this is what i'm seeing from you. you're very welcoming you're very inviting but from all this is a visual aspect i don't know what's going on in your head right yeah. now you could be extremely stressed looking at me or anxious or angry at looking at my face i, I don't know if my face angers you <laughs> but i i can't read your mind so the idea is for people as even if the people look very happy there could be something going really bad in their lives right now so just be mindful of the things you say how you approach people and it's been something for me that it's been learning and we talked a little bit off mic about it. Um, we talked about my podcast and I don't edit it. And you're like, what if they say something, um, go off the rails? I'm like, I encourage that in ways because I might not what I might not like what they have to say. And like I, I said about the internet comp, the people commenting negatively on the internet, or you have someone yell at you at the, at the line or that classic person with a pixie cut yelling at the customer service rep. All of us as humans have mental health. What has brought the person to this action that you're doing right now? What is what has happened to them that has brought them along this way? What is going on right now? You know, do they work a shitty job? Is their wife or husband cheating on them? Is are they seek closeted still? You know, like there's so many factors as to why someone might be acting some way. And that's been a real eye-opener for me and continuously learn. They're probably acting this way for a reason, and more often than not, it's because of their mental health or they have a mental illness. So I try to cut people some slack and try to be calm, and even if people are reacting at me, trying not to react back because, again, what has got them to this there? I really just want to listen to people. I want to understand them. Um, I'm not trying to change their mind or, or anything like that, but I just – a lot of the time, people just want to be heard. Okay, so what do you have to say? Let me give you a couple of viewpoints and a couple of thoughts. What are your opinions on this? But just keeping it calm, rational, cool. Because like you said, like I was the person smiling, making jokes. And I don't know how many times you hear it is um, when someone takes their own life, like, oh, I never would have thought because they were so happy. A lot of the time, and what I'm finding is people who experience this, like I do, put that face on for the rest of the world because they know what it's like to feel like that and they don't want anyone else to feel that way. It's a big thing, especially for the advocacy part. So if I guess, you know, you leave anything away from today is talk about your mental health and cut people slack. And like I said, you people are being shitty and saying shitty things. But why? Why are they doing that? And 
you know, hopefully we can create some dialogue. And again, this helps break down the stigma, create dialogue about it. Let's open non-judgmental conversations and reach points where we can get the help we need. Yeah, exactly. Just we're human. Talk it out. Don't don't attack hug well theoretical hug or like yeah. just any like comfort i think it's listen yes just sorry listen. that's the best listening listen. is the biggest thing because so many of us don't listen we wait to respond and it's also the miscommunication aspect where sometimes as humans we for things we don't understand we respond with aggression or self-defense or we stay we're very defensive if we don't understand something you don't always have to have your barriers up not everybody's out for you it's but again, but why? So the person who's really tight to their their morals on, say, um, trans issues, why are they so like tight on it and not willing to listen and bend? On the other side of that is because something has happened to them, and they're you know worried for their life or their you know their their rights and and who they are is not necessarily accept right. Like it's just the factors play on both sides to the the person communicating and the person on the receiving end. What is both of these lives have so much. And that's why just listen and just open conversation. No personal attacks. Like you said, the, the no, no attacking. Just listen. My point, my point. Don't have to agree, but like breathe it out. Okay, have a great day. Yeah, thanks. You too. What I tend to do when, let's say, I have an argument with my wife or anybody else, uh, I state my point and I also say, okay, so this is my point. And correct me. I always say, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the point you're trying to make. I just want to acknowledge that I understood what they're saying, saying, okay, this is what you're saying. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying is this, we both have different point of views, but we're so trying to find an agreement and trying to understand mm -hmm. that we may not agree on the final conclusion, but just understand like, oh, this is where she's coming from on. Oh, this is where I'm coming from. I just want to make that sense that like, okay, these are our ideas. I just want to put it in the air. So we both understand the roots of our ideas and i always say correct me if i'm wrong because most of the time i'm wrong <laughs> especially in arguments with my wife uh, <laughs> but yeah it's the idea that you should just listen and acknowledge what the other person is saying Res be respectful and speaking about being respectful what are some misconceptions about let's say mental health and also people who speak out about it i think one of the big things you know you take a look at the workplace maybe they're late to meetings or they're not showing up on time or they're leaving early or they're seeing seeming distant or something like that that to some people you're demotivated you're not a hard worker you're you're you know et cetera, et cetera. use whatever you want but that could also be an issue of you know they're experiencing something and they might need help and they don't know how to ask for it it's a big one a lot of for mental illnesses especially you know like schizophrenia people are, are very scared of schizophrenia because there's been a lot of negative light and especially movies and pop culture about it and that they're they're unhinged or, or and things like that or you know murder all that stuff so bipolar that you're going to go off the rails or whatever there's there's tons of things that have been put out about what people experience as a mental illness but a lot of people experience it differently um and just because they have a mental illness does not mean they don't care does not mean that they aren't hardworking. does not mean that they you know don't need help so listen to that for the advocacy part i think a lot of people think you're doing it for self like self reasons like you're doing it selfishly that you're oh woe is me or look at me and how great i am you know that uh, oh you're not the only one with the problems in the world a big one is people have it worse off than you um not just understanding the the core of what it is and it's like yeah people have it worse than me but it's not a competition on who has it worse it's everyone's feelings are are genuine as long as they're or as long as they're genuine or, or real and valid and you can't negate anyone else's feelings about something it's a big one and um especially for me a lot of people are being like when he's he's faking just to get a or he's looking for attention it's a big one um some people do unfortunately abuse it that way but I mean, I try not to listen to uh, those types of people and just, you know, again, you got to think about the the greater good. And um, I don't know from your experience. So I'm dyslexic. And when I tell people that I'm dyslexic, they're like, oh, so you see letters backwards. And I have to explain to them, well, there's different like, levels of disseverity. Some people have it worse. Do you ever encounter people who generalize, let's say, depression? Is that everybody's at the same level of depression? Either you're not depressed or extremely depressed. Yeah. And just an aside on, I just had a, 
Emma Kazam on my podcast episode 24 and I found out she was dyslexic and I didn't know what it meant either. So I had the chance to ask her and understand it. Um, so it was interesting that you said that. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. I just learned about that. Um, I guess, yeah, there's, there's many different levels, right? You can be depressed and not have depression. Um, there's situational depression, right? Divorce, breakup, death, loss of job, all that stuff, right? You can be depressed and not have depression. And then there's, of course, different levels, right? And sometimes you fluctuate. And even when you, there's no like one, two, three, right? There's, there's manic, there's chronic, there's, you know, acute and stuff like that. But like my version of depression isn't necessarily going to be the same as yours. So mine is, you know, I experience like, like loneliness is a, a feeling that pit in your stomach that you're alone. So that, you know, even if I'm in a room with my family and friends and everyone who loves me, I, I could be like, wow, I'm so alone. No one's there for me um, and have that that empty feeling. I constantly question things like my job security, my relationship for no reason. That's the anxiety portion of it that I'm always like, oh, my girlfriend doesn't love me anymore. Oh, oh she did this. So she's mad at me. Oh, I'm going to get fired today because my boss didn't reply to like that email. So it's all those things that go on my mind, uh, like I, bouts of suicidal things, you know, world will be better off without me. Um, no one cares about me if I could go. And when, you know, I know deep down that people do. I, I have a great family, great friends, all that stuff. So that's the way I experience it. Not necessarily everyone else will. Some people can't even get out of bed. It, it just... Uh, I try to keep going on that, but everyone experiences it differently. So I don't know if there's scientific levels to it, but you know, it it just be just because I feel something different than you doesn't make my depression less important or more important than yours, type thing, right? Or yours more important than mine. No, exactly. No, I completely agree. I've had an experience back in university. Like I said, I was I'm, I was going to say was dyslexic. I am still dyslexic. <laughs> um, and the professor pulled me to the side. He noticed my writing style was different. And he said, uh, hi, I've noticed your style is different. I was like, oh, yeah, that, sorry, that could be due to my dyslexia. And he's like, oh, well, you can cure that by reading more. And I stood there for a moment and like, okay, good to know. And in my mind, like, that's not necessarily how it works. And then he went on to say, well, my son had ADHD and he cured that by reading more. Mm. And I said, okay. But in my mind, I was saying, that's not necessarily how it works. Yeah. But like, and I don't know if that helps or doesn't help you or it can aid you, but that's like saying, oh, take some lavender oil and it'll cure your depression, right? It's like, mm, no, not really, but thanks. Uh, that That's again, I mean, you could break down stigma around dyslexia and by talking openly about that, right? There's just all these sorts of things that people don't know or don't understand or have a preconceived notion about that they don't take the time to learn. And then sometimes they say dumb things or they be believe in like an alternative way of dealing with it than other people. And you don't know if that's true or false or it might work for some. Again, just because maybe reading more cured a son of depression and it actually worked, but that doesn't, or of ADHD, that doesn't mean it's going to cure everybody, right? So talking openly more about it and I, I, it could go for anything really that helps people just get a grasp of all these different ways that people experience life and this certain thing that, you know, they have or deal with that helps open other people's mind to it. Yeah. That's why I decided to do podcasting. Not a lot of reading, not a lot of writing for me. Talking, <laughs> it's talking, talking. is way easier. Yeah. So that's where I practice that deep voice aspect. Yeah, that's my strong Watch, suit. you're going to chop the mic and be like, okay, thanks for coming, man. <laughs> and it's like, oh, whoa, okay. Okay, guys, we did a great job today. Let's keep going. <laughs> um, so yeah, back on track. What would you say that mental health advocating or speaking taught you in life? Let's say you had to teach you one really important thing. What would it be? We aren't so different after all. Um, I think we have more similarities than we are different. Uh, and that goes for everybody because we, like I said, I, I talked about it through a bunch of different answers I had to your questions, you know, that we all experience the same things, maybe in different levels or at different times, but the foundations of grief and and all that stuff is it's all within us and we all go through it at some time or another so we all experience poor mental health at some point and we can all learn from each other on how the the best ways and best practices on ways to deal with this and that i don't think there's one person on this planet i, I could be wrong but hasn't experienced some form of it 
in, in some way or another, whether that's anywhere from, you know, a depressive episode because a death in the family. We all pretty much would experience that because, you know, life is finite. So learn from each other and, and like I said, have that open dialogue. But you can learn so much from everybody just by talking about it and and okay, what works for you? Oh, I never tried that. Oh, what? Acupuncture works for you? Okay, well, maybe I'll give that a try. And and just be so open and receptive to other ideas. And But just don't take that as the gospel of truth either. It's just bring it all into yourself and see what works for you. But we are way more the same, no matter what our background, our class, our gender, our sexuality, our race, like... Sure, on social media and politics and all that stuff love to divide us up a lot in different ways and pit us up against each other. But at the core foundations of being human and experiencing things, a lot of us are the same or of similar. Yeah, we all breathe the same air. We all need water to live. We all need a heart to pump blood. Yeah. Let's just work together. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if you had to... Uh give one good piece of advice for people who are interested in becoming uh, mental health advocates and speakers, what would you give them? Don't try to be something you're not. Be real and be true to you and your story and your struggles and your triumphs. And, and you know, just because you see one person doing it one way or you see a famous person delivering a TED Talk in this style, it's not a job. It's not anything else than you are passionate and care about mental health. And that you want peer, people to talk about it and experience it uh, in a, a positive way and to probably get funding for, you know, our underfunded system that's buckling at, at the knees, basically. Just to speak real to you, just because people don't respond to you or maybe you're not getting retweets or likes or anything like that. If you want to share your story, whether it's for other people or it's just good therapy for you, um, just stay true to yourself because there's no real way to do it. Everyone's just sharing their story and don't tell people what to do. Just share, Hey, this worked for me might work for you type thing. It's again, and, and just like, yeah, be you. Yeah, I can't add anything <laughs> more to that. That was, that was honest. That was great. That's, that should be something that should be applied for everything in life. Be yourself because people are good at identifying when you're not yourself, whether yeah. it's like when you're trying to put a fake smile on. You got to smile with your eyes. Your whole face is to light up. But when you just do like the half smile thing, people can tell. Yeah. So just yeah. be yourself. Be comfortable in your own shoes because only you can be you. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I guess it's not even, just share your story. Mm -hmm. Your story is what matters. And that's what's going to resonate with people um, because you're sharing your experience. And, you know, there's 7 billion people on this planet. Guaranteed a, good, a percentage of the world also feels the way you do. So don't be sharing, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's website about lavender oil trying to cure depression. Don't be like, this is the right way to do it or this is the wrong way to do it. Oh, you can't say that because X, Y, Z. Share your story. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? What do you try? What do you do? What do you like to do? That's all that matters. And push people up times for funding because we can all talk about it and that's great and welcome and I love it. But as we all talk about it, more and more people go and seek help and more and more people can't get the help that they need, sometimes critically, until they're in crisis. So fund, fund it, fund the system. If you have extra money, donate. If you can go to a cause, if you can speak it on social media, if you can give a like or a share or a retweet at the very least, that's what we need. We need funding. Talk about it and funding. And talking about it, the next question, you're really good at making these segues really smooth. Once again, the social media links, where can people find you and learn more about you and the people that you interact with? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give a quick plug. Make sure you, if you're in Ottawa, DIFD and the Royal Ottawa, make sure you're funding those if you can. Um, the Canadian Mental Health uh association i think the chma no cmha anyways um those are critical fund 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 if you want to find me life in red podcast uh you can google me uh or at big red ryan zero one life in red podcast.com perfect i'll put all that information below and brian's gonna send me all the additional uh, links and websites that he mentioned earlier on so we can have that you guys can click it 
Of course, you don't need to pause the podcast. You can click it and listen and watch at the same time. It's a whole visual audio experience. And speaking about experience, do you have any questions for me about mental health and being an advocate or just mental health in general for me? How's your mental health today? Today, uh, so I work in insurance and it was a pretty busy day. We had one person missing because they were on vacations. So I would say it gets sometimes stressful when you pick up the phone, you start doing something for somebody. And then when you're just about to do it, somebody else calls. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like just stacks up and it gets a little crazy. Um, I personally today is relatively good. It could be better. It could have been a lot worse, but I have this mentality that if I get into a stressful situation, I just come at it with a neutral mentality. It's like, you know what? I'm alive today. I'm not injured. I'm trying to look at the positive. Like, all right, did I break my arm today? No. Is my head burnt? Yes. From the sunburn. Okay. So like, I just go through the steps like, all right, overall I'm alive. I'm healthy. I have a family. I have friends. I have Ryan here on my podcast, which is great. (laughs) The one and only, yes. No more Ryans are allowed on this podcast. Um, But yeah, overall, my day is decent. I wouldn't give it 100%, but I would give it a solid 87.27. That's pretty pretty, uh, pinpoint. Yes. Um, It's good, man. Manage the stress at work. Don't give too much to it. Don't forget to breathe and take a walk. Taking a breather, walk it out. Is always good. And of course, we're in here right now, which is extremely hot, kind of hard to breathe. Yeah, I'm sweating, for sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. The conditions are not great in this place. <laughs> it's the ventilation. I'm working on it. But uh, yeah, so there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on and just spilling your heart out and talking about your passion and sharing with the world. It was kind of meta talking about being a mental health advocate as your hobby, but actually advocating it on the podcast, which right. is kind of cool. I like that. And uh, once again, if you want to go check them out, all the links are going to be below. You just click them, move your mouse, your finger, whatever you're using. And if you'd like to be on my podcast, you could send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you think that this podcast is going to be helpful for anybody, by all means, share with them. They might be going through a hard time and need to hear the perspective of somebody else who might share similar experiences. I'm not saying they're going to be sharing every single experience, but maybe you can pick point or pick a few of them saying, you know what, this is relatable to me. This is not just to figure out what works for you. And never be afraid to reach out if you see somebody. A lot of the times you'll see people come on and be like, oh, if you're ever experiencing anything, reach out to me. Big thing with mental health is you feel worthless and people don't want you or mental illness, sorry, that people don't want you. So you're not going to reach out because you're just going to be a burden on someone. If you see someone struggling or feel they're struggling, don't be afraid to say, hey, how are you? Yeah, but of course. And don't be shy to send me an email of well, how's your day or if anything you want to talk about. I've had conversations where it's not related to podcasts. And I'm yeah, more than absolutely. happy to just have a conversation with you. You're human. I'm human. Well, I kind of look like an alien with a bald head right now. <laughs> but yes, it's an open door. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>